Welcome to the Team Building Podcast, where you'll learn how to build a dominant real estate team in your market. Featuring masterminds with team leaders and mega agents, plus in-depth interviews with operations managers and marketing directors of some of the top teams in the country. You'll learn the latest methods to generate and convert leads, streamline your operations, recruit and train better agents, and raise your profit. And now, here's the latest Team Building Podcast. Hey, what's up, you guys? Jeff Cohn here with another episode of the Team Building Podcast, where we interview top team leaders, broker owners, and thought leaders from across the country. Super excited today to have a good friend of mine, ERS client, coach, thought leader, team leader, expander, ancillary business master, Mr. Norman Elliott. Welcome to the call. That, that was an amazing introduction, Jeff. I appreciate it. Thank you. Well, you earned it. We're excited to dive in tonight or today. We are going to get into ancillary businesses, scaling, leveraged roles, and health and wellness. And we can do it in any particular order. So, Norm, why don't you share with the audience where you came from and where you are now? Well, I uh, started back in real estate uh, about uh, 2010 in Central Florida, a very small market, uh, population of about 100,000 people in my market. I uh, started with my wife, uh, husband and wife team, expanded over time. Uh, originally, the goal was to lead you know, the market, be number one in the market, achieve that goal in the first two or three years in business. What year was that and what brokerage were you at? So I, in 2010, uh, we started with an independent uh, because I had zero real estate experience. My wife, on the other hand, did. Uh, she actually started in real estate. Uh, at the age of 15, working in a in an office, stuffing envelopes, answering phones, uh, transition into a uh, an assistant license or an assistant first. Got licensed at the 18. Uh, was a single agent in Florida as well as Michigan. And then I met her in 2010. Neither one of us were in real estate at that point. She was moving back to Florida from Michigan, um, and we just kind of went for it. Uh, I had uh, owned a couple construction businesses uh, in a in 2009-10, uh, the construction industry was all but desolate. There was nothing left. Yeah, uh, I, was, I was essentially I was essentially unemployed, living off some savings, mm-hmm. trying to figure out what the next piece was. Uh, met Mandy. She basically said, "I know how to sell real estate," and I said, "Cool, let's do that." Everybody on the planet said we were absolutely insane because uh, the market was terrible. I'll just yep. I'll give you a, an example. The Average price point in 2010 in Sebring, Florida, was between 65 and 70 thousand for a single family. Jeez, wow! It was it was tough, yep. uh, but we didn't know any better. Uh, her her experience in Michigan was uh, on the outskirts of Flint, so the real estate market had never been good there in her in, in her career. Yeah, and I just kind of took took the philosophy as if we could make it in that market when everybody said we couldn't. That when the market turned, because I had done some research and figured out that you know. Everything goes up and down, you know, it'll balance itself back out. And I just figured we're going to learn and get our systems in place. And when the market turns, we're going to be on top. Cool. So that was 2010. It was late 2010. By 2013, we led our market. And I'll be completely honest, uh, we sat very stagnant for about four years after that. And tell us the numbers, unit sales, volume, gross commission, and net, if you know any of those. Yeah, I'm. I'm gonna be. I'm gonna guess on those. I don't have. I don't have details. Like, so he's I gonna. Know buff, that, he's gonna do the realtor buff. So whatever he's about to say, divide by like six. 
No, I, you're, you're not going to have to do that. I promise. Okay. And in 2010, I remember, you know, we, we entered the marketplace um, in late 2010, October, and the the single agent of the year that year did 65 transactions in our market. So, I, and I remember that number, and I said, okay, we got to beat that number. Lo and behold, I think we hit 100 transactions, and we're number one uh, two years later. And we kind of hovered between 100 and 150 transactions for four years. I 100% blame myself because I did not expand outside of my own world to, to see what other people were doing. And and I just, you know, we so were number one and we were... Let's complete. pause for fun on mindset. So okay. when you say blame yourself, you have people listening today that haven't even sold their first real estate deal. And you're in the yeah. 150 to 200 units a year mark, number one in your marketplace for four years. And you just said, blame yourself. So share with me a little bit of your mindset around why you would say blame yourself. And of course, this is rhetorical to some extent. I know why, but share with everyone listening, like why that was seen as a failure for you. Well, at the time it wasn't. So let's just start there. At the time we were number one and uh, I'm sure I was very egotistical when speaking to other people in my market. And, And the mindset is from now. I'm I'm saying that as as somebody did your, speaking from did my your broker now. ever put a sign in your yard that says a number one realtor lives here? Uh, well, no, because <laughs> that just didn't happen within that brokerage. So, oh, thank God! I'll, I'll, I'll get to the numbers. Is we went from we went from an independent. We realized we were leaving a lot of money on the table. Uh, switched to a Remax model just because we wanted 100 percent. What we thought was 100 percent commission, and we kind of hung out there for for five years, mm-hmm. and. What were you betting every year? That, that's that's a very interesting question, and it was very low. I mean, we we were probably netting about one hundred and fifty, two hundred thousand dollars a year as a couple, as a husband. Okay, so and wife. again, just for perspective I know, I know. for the people listening today, very low, one hundred and fifty thousand. Well, you know what? Welcome to real estate. Whoever has not been selling and is listening to this interview right now, Norm. Because 150000 to two hundred a year, I wouldn't have dreamed out of college I'd get to make that kind of money. And I have the same story as you. Within two to three years, I was netting two, three, four hundred thousand. And it's amazing. Like what an what a beautiful industry to be able to get into to have the autonomy and the freedom and the time. Um, and I know it's not easy. Like obviously, even now more than ever, it's hard to get a listing. But when you got in, it's the same time I got in. I was started in 06. And there was so much inventory that if you took a listing, you knew it wasn't selling. You didn't take it Correct. to make listing commission. You took it to generate buyer leads. The buyer was the, it's, it's, the listing was a huge question mark. I, I know you try to keep podcasts a little evergreen, but it's the opposite of now. Like, like exactly. right now, if you take a listing, it's a paycheck. Yeah. The opposite it's of now. It's going to sell. Yeah. So, uh, so we switched, we switched to Remax, got complacent. The mindset was everything's good. We didn't need to change anything. Your mindset uh, was that. Correct. That was my mindset at the time okay. is how, nobody had ever done anything bigger in our market. So it must not be possible. So let's pause. And now. I wasn't. Go ahead. Let's pause for a second for fun. Okay. And I'm picking you apart just because of our relationship. Go for it. I hope I'm, you're okay I'm, with that. I can take it. The whole world's going to get to listen to this. No, no pressure. So <laughs> how Norm saw himself, how him and his wife saw themselves, how they saw their team, Norm is sharing with us is based on his own experience inside of a national franchise, but within Seabreeze. Is that what it's called? Seabring. Seabring. Thank you. Sorry. Seabring, Florida. No Norm, your story is just like everyone else listening. Because... There's certain activities you chose not to do. There's certain things you chose. And this could have been consciously or subconsciously. You chose not to notice national conventions that Remax hosts. And if you're in a national company, which a lot of our listeners are, 
you can go see the numbers that these national people put up. But we can say, well, yep. that that we make excuses and say, well, yeah, they can do those numbers in Scottsdale or in New York or, you know, in Miami. But there's no way to do numbers like that in my marketplace. Right. Don't we like that, to tell ourselves you don't need to feel bad about our lack of success. So people create stories. And this is every industry. And this is around every area of our lives, which we're going to get into your and my health journeys these this over this last year and also my whole life and your whole life. All right. So sure. I keep interrupting you and I do it to share with the audience mindset. So Norm's perception of success is going to be different than mine, which is going to be different than Dana, who's producing the episode and different than everybody else that's listening. And that's okay. Because my belief is that we should all strive to become a better version of ourselves in every area every day. And that we're not competing against anyone else other than ourselves and our own limitations that we set. Okay, let's keep and, on with and, the story. And, well, and, and that's that's the the honest truth. Uh, I can tell you, you you mentioned the Remax convention. I attended one in the city of Las Vegas and did never step foot into the into the actual convention. So my mindset was. Oh, I would like to know, Norm, how you spent that time. I'm really <laughs> well, curious. Where where did you say that was hosted? Uh, Las Vegas. Oh wow, what a great place! <laughs> let's bring all the agents in so they don't. You know the. I actually believe, and this is against my own brokerage, the brokerage I'm at as well. If you're hosting events in Vegas or Orlando, you know, you start looking at these cities that companies choose. It almost makes me think they don't care about the agents not attending the event. And they're hoping that the agents just go have fun and kind of skip the event, which it doesn't make sense to me. This is why you should host in Omaha, Nebraska. What a perfect place to bring people so that the only thing you do is come to the event. So on the heels of that, my shameless plug, Norm will be speaking at our upcoming event, uh, the Team Building Summit. We host it every year. We get a couple hundred people in attendance that are running teams, aspiring to run teams, running brokerages, aspiring to run brokerages. But the thing that makes, I, I feel like the thing that makes this event so unique is that we don't teach anyone anything about selling real estate. Not one time at the event will we talk about how to buy a house, how to sell a house, how to list a house, listing presentation, recruiting agents. It's not what it's about. It's about building and scaling dominant real estate companies, uh, real estate teams and or brokerages in your market. And we're also going to talk about ancillaries. So we're going to get into how to launch JV and mortgage and title and insurance and investing. And we have tons of influencers from across the country coming. We've got Brian Charlesworth, who owns Sisu. We've got Josh Cunningham, who owns Rockerbox. We've got Matt. Johnson, who owns Pursuing Results, who launched our podcast, the Team Building Podcast, and he's launched one for Greg McDaniels, Greg Harrelson, and a couple other rock stars. Uh, we have Norm coming to speak. Norm's going to speak on ancillary businesses and leveraged roles, which we're going to talk a little bit more about today on the podcast, and a lot of other amazing people that I've left out. So if you haven't bought a ticket yet, we're going to give you 100 bucks towards your ticket. Um, it's going to be 300 instead of $400. If you put in the code podcast at the top of the screen, when you go check out, so go to the teambuildingsummit.com, put in podcast, buy a ticket. We start off June 1st. You'll fly into Omaha downtown. It's um, the Marriott Capital District Hotel and Event Center. It's five minutes from the airport. You'll Uber there. You'll get there June 1st. We're going to have a huge party the June night of June 1st. Then all day June 2nd and 3rd is content. You'll fly out the morning of June 4th. Uh, we take care of everything. All of uh, During the event, we've got food, appetizers, drinks parties every night. It's an amazing time. We make zero money. We make no money um, off sponsors and everything. We just zero base the event. The reason we do it is to, of course, pay it forward to our current ERS clients and our people that listen to the podcast. And then our big win is to bring more people into our, our co coaching organization, assuming you like the content that we provide. All right, Norm, let's that, keep, that, let's that, keep on that going. Was perfect. <laughs> Thank you. Well, and, and I just want to add to that as somebody who attended the the, uh, the team building summit last year, you you hit the nail on the head, and I know that's your job to sell it. 
It's not my job to sell it, but it really is all encompassing. It hand everything is, is done for you. You show up, you get your package, meals, parties, networking events. I will say that this is the only event that actually gave me enough time to eat lunch on my lunch break. So <laughs> I appreciate that, Jeff. Yeah. But we but no. we know that real estate agents and entrepreneurs are there. So we we have awesome breaks. 30 minute breaks, our lunch is yeah. an hour and a half. We also know the events at night, the after hours stuff is more important, I think, than the content at the event because it's all about the connections you make, the relationships you create at the event. Right. Agreed. So back to my my uh, my story. Yeah, let's go. Uh, so we went to Remax. Uh, kind of had the same uh, the same thought process when I left my independent brokerage. I was at Remax and I was in a model where uh, I wasn't maximizing the the amount of money I could earn, and so I started looking out at other models. Um, you know, our team was was is still with Keller Williams. That is the the flag that we fly, mm-hmm. and we we entered into that world because of the the structure. Uh, 100% had nothing to do with anything else. We stayed because of the culture and the exposure. Cause, so that was 2017. And that exposure led me to see some, some really big hitters across the country and really expand what I thought was possible. And of course, just like we talked about, you know, three minutes ago, uh, my first response, my first thought was, well, that'll never work in Sebring, Florida. Population's too small. Uh, you know, too many, too many agents per deal, not enough closings. And, and I just found all these reasons that it wouldn't work. And then I sat down with my, my coach and found a, a mentor, um, in Washington that had somehow acquired, you know, like 30% market share. You know, in my market, we were at six or 7% market share. And I thought that was getting it. I thought that was killing it. Mm-hmm. And then I see other people in similar, similar cities with similar population, similar structure and everything. And they were, they were just killing that, that market share number. So mm-hmm. that became my new focus. Yeah. It was, my focus was, okay, how do we get more market share, gain market share, gain market share. And then, uh, overnight that hundred and 150 deals turned into 300 just, just by in, in R and D rip off and duplicate. Yeah. I would, my mentor would say this worked in my market. I said, cool, I'm going to steal it. And he told me how, and that was, that was really eye-opening to me because in a small town in Sebring, Florida, Highlands County, uh, everybody acts like there's a trade secret. Nobody wants to talk about what they do to do business. Oh, and, yeah. and and I will say that my wife and I were kind of the opposite. We we actually trained when we went to Remax, we taught classes. Like we were the number one listing team in the in the area and we yeah. were giving people our listings like exactly awesome. what to do. Yep. And and nobody would do it. Nobody would of do it. Of course they wouldn't. So because it's work. Well, why would you do a listing presentation if they're ready to sign? Let's go sign the paperwork and get out of there. Well, All right. Well, so where, what's, what's the best you ever did as far as your numbers in Sebring? Uh, so in 2021, uh, our, our building and, and we are a team. We are kind of a hybrid team slash brokerage because yep. there is no Keller Williams brokerage in our city. Okay. We're that small. Yep. Yep. So in that building, we did 600 transactions in 2022, which is by far the best year we ever had. In 2021, 600 transactions. So you went from 150 to 600. Now, is that your team or you have partners in that? I mean, who all is part of that it's, office? It's all, all, all of our team and the way that we structured the brokerage uh, is basically I built a bench. We yep. had our team and then we had the AAA club that was everybody that yep. was not on the team. But they were all in the eyes of, of our brokerage or in the eyes of Keller Williams, our team. So it was, just, it, you know, as far as, as stats go, it was a 600 transaction team. 
Cool. And, that's and, freaking awesome. Then, that's amazing. Were no, you happy here, with 600? Um, no, never. <laughs> but but that's here's, all we the did was here's the real win. The real win was not the 600. That wasn't the goal. The goal was profit margin. Uh, mm-hmm. So we talked about, you talked about how much money did I net? You know what? We don't talk so, about profit here. No, all we never. focus on is when we get trophies and signs in our yard. Yeah. as a top realtor lives in this house. That's what we like to focus on. Top top agent here. I'm a top realtor. I am number one. So, all right, so sorry. Let's talk about profit. That's what business people talk about. Let's do it. Ooh, I'm a little sassy today. Norm, you bring out you bring out sassy, Jeff. It's it's because you're used to texting me. That's true. You don't have to actually you don't have to see my reaction to things. That's true. <laughs> But no, so in 2017 is when I, uh, I read a book called Profit First, and I actually sat down and figured out our true profit margins and realized that on our team, our buyer transactions were netting us less than 10%, and our, and our listing transactions were in the, in the mid-20. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I was in Keller Williams. I, I'm, I'm, I understand that some people have a, a, a bad taste in their mouth of, of drinking the Kool-Aid, but I will say that the red book, the the millionaire real estate agent changed how I did business. And I learned from those models. And my goal at that point was, oh, okay, well, we got to be at 40% profit margin. Like that, that was now the new North Star. That was what we we're going to focus on. And I really didn't care about the transaction count as long as it didn't go down. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I wanted to increase in, in, in profit. And as long as we didn't limit and do less transactions, I was okay with that. And we ended 2021 at a 49% profit margin. So GCI was uh, yep. 1.75 yep. and Do you want kept 49% of it. GCI was how much? 1.75. Okay. And then we netted nearly 50%. Okay. So let's talk about that real quick. I'm going to disagree with the strategy in Millionaire Real Estate Agent. It's always bothered me. Um, I, I read the book in 2006 and I was an individual agent when I read it. That's when the book came out, I think 05, 06. Um, the book still applies today, still worth the read. If you haven't read it, it's a business book on how to build a business. It's not about crushing, killing, you know, tearing it up, all the stupid words that people choose to use that they talk about this content less. Um, it's rich in content. It was written by a billionaire and, um, somebody that's written a lot of different books on real estate, Mr. Gary Keller himself. Uh, the top right of the book is one of my favorite quotes. It's not about the money. It's about being the best that you can be. I've changed it to becoming the best that you can be. And he's obviously written a lot of books since Flip, Hold, Shift, The One Thing. All amazing books. Everyone listening should be reading all of those. I don't know of an owner of any other real estate company, a founder of any other real estate company that's written any books, um, which is kind of surprising to me not to be tooting the Keller Williams horn. But when I choose who I want to follow, I want to follow people that I want to be like when I grow up. And how many of us are following a team leader, a broker owner, um, the founder of a company who we want to be like when we grow up? I know where I just came from. I wanted to be like none of the people that I worked with. And the place before that, I wanted to be like none of the people that I worked with. And the hardest thing is finding leaders that you can believe in. And if you can't find one, become one. And the real answer is do both. So as you're following someone you want to be like, try to become them, emulate them. That's the greatest uh, compliment you can give someone is ripping and duplicating what they've done. And in the world that we've created in Nebraska at KW Elite, our franchise, true leaders serve their followers by giving them the ability to become just like them, training them how to do it, holding them accountable to do it, building the platforms, the commission structures, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So back to MREA, let's unpack. I've always said, and I still believe, around 70 to 75% of gross commission income into a brokerage or a team or a teamage should go to agents. 
and that 10% should go to overhead and that about 20% should go to the net. And the reason I've always said it is I believe if you're trying to adhere to the dependent agent, the interdependent and the independent, your interdependent and independence won't stick around for 40 to 45% profit. Your independence, or sorry, your dependence all day long could take a salary plus a tiny bonus or a tiny bonus even and no salary. Um, but I don't know how long it will last. So share with me the strategy you guys implemented last year that you believe allowed you to net so much and be able to continue to grow with paying agents, whatever you're paying them so that you can keep 40 to 45%. So it's, it's funny you you mentioned that. So in 2019, I, and, and I remember this because it's when I first, uh, I first heard of you. 2019, I was in Las Vegas again, imagine that. Uh-oh. Uh, at a, at a, at an event where you announced you were leaving your previous brokerage and coming to KW. Oh, well, I didn't know in that. that same, yep. That's, I, that was my first exposure to you. At, in front of the 20,000 people? FutureCon. Future oh, you were at FutureCon? Yeah. What? I didn't even know that, dude. Did we talk? Yeah. Uh, no. We did oh, not that's talk. crazy. That's funny. You were like this really important guy on stage and I was sitting in the, in the, <laughs> in the stands. Just that was fun. But no, it, <laughs> but no, in that, in that, in that same weekend of that event, um, my sales manager, who is now the CEO of our, our team, uh, Matt Nelson, basically concocted a, a, a new business plan on a napkin and at the Cosmo. And we, we were trying to figure out how to keep what you just said, how to keep the dependent and dependent, everybody happy. Yep. And so that's, that's when the team became a, a team brokerage or a team range. Yeah. Because we needed to have, we needed to have a, a, the ability to pay people what they were worth, mm-hmm. but also bring in new people and train them and get them what they needed to, to be successful. And, and, we, and we still had to eat on the yep, same The diet. commission plan had to be different depending on what the value was you're giving. And for everyone listening right now, man, this is gold because this is the, this is the struggle of teams. This is the biggest struggle is how do you keep Bonnie, who's been with me nine years and she's making 800 grand a year, why should Bonnie stay with me? What's the value add? But I can't treat Bonnie the same as I treat Billy. Billy just got his license. He's 21 years old and he's taking all these resources and calling me all the time. And I have to provide him with all the support. And, you know, I just, I need to make sure I get enough money off Billy because the, all the time I'm spending with Billy. And that's where the conversation of dependent Billy and independent Bonnie. And then those two combined is interdependent Bill Bond. <laughs> and, and, and that's exactly the conversation. And, and so we structured, we structured our, our teamerage to follow that. So if you're in, if you're coming into the business and, and it's going to sound very familiar because you guys are doing the same exact thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm very aware of this, but in 2019, we put it on a nap and we started implementing it at the same time. I read a book by Mike McCallum called profit first mm-hmm. and profit first model is take the profit first and you control how much there is. So uh, of course you can't go from, you know, uh, an average of 15, 20% profit to 40 or 50 overnight. So I just started pulling out 10% at a time. I would pull out 10% and hide it from myself. I'd put it in a separate bank account. Just did that over time, increased that up, got to where it was 40%. And in 2021, ended at 49, uh, basically because the market got better, prices went up, you know, everything, everything got better, uh, from a GCI standpoint. Awesome. And so profit first, building the bench, doing the, uh, you know, the interdependent, independent, models really helped us meet people where they were. And, and, and I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to give you another kudos. The first time I came to Omaha, it was for the small event, uh, the team building workshop. 
team building workshop at your office. Uh, the first time you met me, the first conversation we had, you asked me about my transaction count and you asked me what I was struggling with. And mm, I, I remember this I, very much. I've been, I've been hovering at the 300 mark for a very long time. And you said, Oh, that's simple. Just get more agents. Yeah. And uh, honestly, off the cuff comment, you thought nothing of it. I did. I'm like, he's right. That's dumb. I'm stupid. Why did I not just think of that? If I could just scale this with more people and I had the systems and the people in place to help train them and get them what they needed. Uh, and I had the leads because that's where everybody forgets. You, you got to have those leads to make it work. And, and so I, I actually took that to heart. That was probably a year and a half, two years ago. Yep. And we went from 360 to 600 in a couple of years. Yeah. So this moment, I remember Norm, like it's yesterday and we obviously have hundreds and hundreds of people through, but everyone had the opportunity and everyone has a voice at both events, summit, the summit and the workshops. Mm-hmm. But you had just simply asked, you know, I'm in this struggle. I'm stuck at this number. And it's interesting because I go back to 2011 and 2012. And that's when I was doing my due diligence, like you were doing in 19 and 20, trying to figure out how can I become the best team in the country, number one team in the country, but also offer the most value to my agents and the best value to the consumer. Like I'm wanting to check all these boxes where it's like, how can you be profitable and pay the agents really well and do a great job taking care of the consumer and do a great job giving the agents support. These are a lot of these are a lot of things to tackle and make a successful business, and that's what I've been obsessed about in the last ten years. That's what made our coaching company so uh, successful in and of itself, is because now we get to test things and fail forward and teach everybody else all this stuff. So Norm asks this question, and it's so funny because I saw so many other teams nationally when I went across the country and visited all these brick and mortars, and their biggest challenge was getting stuck, and a lot of people got stuck in a certain triple digit. The hundreds, two hundreds, three hundreds, four hundreds, but most companies I re- I would go visit, they'd be stuck in those forever. So like we'd go visit and they're in the three hundreds, and I'd be like, "Well, tell me about the business." And they'd be like, "We've been in the three hundreds for ten years, or five hundreds, or thousands." And I, and, and every business I looked at, the number one challenge was getting more agents. That was their challenge. Like for most people listening right now, like if Norm wants to double his unit sales, we always think, "Well, if the agents would work a little bit harder, then we could double our sales." We never ask, well, how can we help the agent work harder for one? How can we train them to work harder, which is what ERS does? How can we hold them accountable doing the activities that are going to help them be successful? How do we define their why? Like there are always these ways to help them. But the other thing we should be doing is why don't we double our agent count and then do it again and then do it again and then do it again. And what's the point of diminishing return? And this is the comment I'll make about Sebring. I don't know how many units are in Sebring and I don't know yet, but you'll tell us in a second. What I would have said to you, if I could have said this before, when you said you were stuck in the hundreds, well, I'm in Sebring, right? And I have 7% market share, I'm killing it. Well, let's say you had 10%. Now I can do math. There's probably about 2,000 sides in Sebring yeah. a year, you know, a year, yep. 2,000 right, sides. Right. What I say to people when they come and visit us or I'm coaching someone on a call and they're like, yeah, I'm in a small town. I can't be successful. I'll say, well, that's adorable. How many deals happen every year in your little small town? Oh, 4,000. And you did a hundred deals last year. Uh-huh. Uh, you have 4,000 deals guys. Like yeah. you can have all of them. Well, how can I do that? You, if you had all the agents, you'd have all the deals. You might have to build a big Correct. team. You might have to build a big brokerage. You have to create more value. You have to pay well. You have to offer the, you have to work. You have to go build a company. So anyone listening, like go grab your little chunk and grab the chunk that you need to live and lead, lead the life of your dreams. I've got a, a partner in Keller Williams, uh, Renee Mueller out in Columbus, Nebraska, and she has 85% market share. And she's in a town of maybe 30 to 40,000 people, I want to say, 85% market share. Like, do you talk about points of diminishing returns? I don't know if that happens as you grow a real estate company, but 25 to 30% is a big chunk. 
Um, right now, I think my brokerage is at like 12% market share in Omaha. We've got 24,000 sides a year. So we're pretty happy about that. We would like to see, we'd like to be around 25% growth. Um, and I'm talking organic growth, not purchased growth. Our number one competitor right. in our market is the brokerage I just left. And it's all purchased growth. They can argue anything they want, but they continue to acquire based on spending other people's money, investors' money, um, not because they're offering value, but because they're offering big checks. So we would like to believe we grow because we offer value, not just because we pay people to grow. And, and that that is what I really figured out. And, and to, to go back to the comment that you made, I was trying to build a certain agent. Like I was trying to qualify a certain type of agent to work on my team because it was, I didn't know any different. You know, we had brought in agents and our, our average agent at that point was doing 50 to 60 transactions. And so I thought if somebody came in the door that didn't want to do 50 to 60 transactions, they didn't fit here. And that was, that was stupid. I was wanted all these rock stars. That, but but that, and that was my mindset. My mindset. Well, that's a lot of people. Not a rock star, I don't want you. People think that's the path of least resistance. It's actually the opposite. I find rock stars resist the most. They're D's and they gum and they go and they chase the commission dollar and not the value add and the relationships and the culture and all of those fun things. So we are actually out of time. Norm, I need oh. to get you back on. We have so much more to talk about. We wanted to talk about answers. We wanted to talk about our health quest. I will say for those that missed that part that were super excited to hear it, they can hear it in five weeks from this episode recording, June 1st through the 3rd. Norm's going to be speaking at the Team Building Summit on those topics. We'll definitely, Norm, bring you back on the podcast to talk a little bit more. This has been awesome, and I appreciate you letting me challenge you a little bit more than I challenge most of our guests. Hopefully, the audience enjoyed. I'm sure I'm sure I enjoy, I know I enjoyed this. Dana enjoyed it. He's playing the audience. And soundtrack. Dana must have enjoyed it. This is the Seinfeld <laughs> laughing, cheering podcast. Um Appreciate you guys. And thank you, Norm, for all of your time and energy today. I know you're on vacation right now, traveling the world. So appreciate you jumping into your little uh, little cave here and doing this interview with me. No worries. I appreciate the, uh, the, the invite, to be honest. Well, absolutely. And we'll get you back on. Look forward to seeing you in Omaha here in a couple of weeks. And for anyone that wants to grab that ticket, the teambuildingsummit.com, be sure to put in podcasts at the top for a hundred bucks. Uh, we're charging you $300 to come spend two days with us. And like Norm said, everything's covered. Um, we get you, there's all sorts of surprises. I'm not going to take any of the experience away from you, but you will not regret it. And I'll even say this, if you'll look me in the eyes at the end of the event and tell me it wasn't worth it, I'll give you $300 cash on the spot. I'll have it in my pocket ready. That was bold. <laughs> I know you'll get value. And if you don't, that means you were like Norm in Vegas and you're not going to be there. And I promise you, you will not be having fun unless you're at my event. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, thank you. We're going to wrap this one up. Uh, look forward to hearing from you guys um, about future podcast information. If anyone ever has questions or suggestions, please don't hesitate to make those suggestions to us as to the different types of content you'd like to hear. And then also, please get out there on whatever podcast app you use to listen to these episodes and give us a five-star review and give Norm a shout out for the time he took today and the authenticity he was able to share with us. All right. Take it easy, brother. Thanks, buddy. Yeah.